This is Brian Fischel, owner of the Fischel Boys, and you are listening to the North Side Story Podcast. Let's go! Week 7 is Benito, and don't get me wrong, I had a great time with Phil. Phil's stepping in for you, Jake, but... I'm glad to have you back. Oh, I appreciate that. It was it was uh, a good, great episode by you guys, um, Phil. You know, unnecessary shots on OBJ, Josh Gordon. Um, yeah, ca- callback from Josh Gordon. I'm not sure what they have in common uh, when it comes to fantasy football and and the curses and that type of stuff. But you know, you're gonna get that with Phil. Yeah, I appreciate him stepping in and providing some analysis. Uh, now, we we try to replicate your Bucky's bets. And uh, did you listen to the our analysis on those bets? I did, and and I and uh, I thought I texted you off the side after I listened to the episode, and I thought that the Giants Jags game was my stinky game of the week. It just didn't make any sense that the Jags were minus three. Um, I don't care if it was at home. Giants have proved that they are a at least a a, a good team. Um, and I, I will say, at first, it kind of looked like the Jags were going to be able yeah, to, quick score to win that game. Um, and I think they were even up at halftime. Yeah, but then Daniel Danny Dimes came alive, and I think what did he rush for over hundred? He rushed for over hundred yards. Yep. Yeah. So he 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 took that team on his back. And led them to cover the what was it minus three? Yep. Uh, or sorry, plus three. It was plus uh, three. Yeah, money line pick for your boy. Yeah. Um. So you you did a great job. Phil's analysis on the Green Bay Packers game. He thought the Packers. Um. Didn't he say to? Didn't he say like to bet the house? Um, he bet the house. Bet the alternate line. Yeah, all that stuff. Usually, when you say that, it never works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game looked easy for Phil right off the get go. It was fourteen to three. I was watching that game in the hotel room. Um, and that game looked easy. And then I checked back later on throughout the day and I saw the Redskins won 24 to something. Um, so yeah, uh, one and one, I'll give you a one and no, but, uh, Phil was correct on if you are a fan of UFC, uh, yeah, that was wild. Sugar Sean, uh, O'Malley. I didn't watch any of it, but yeah, you said that that fight was close and it was a close decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fixed. <laughs> hashtag Borland fix but really quick before we dive into the matchups these week seven results we were talking about this prior to recording um the the results we have never seen anything like this um the results that happened over week seven have caused a seven way tie for fourth place or you can say last place we have seven teams that are three and four, uh, which is crazy. And it's going to be fun these next couple weeks um, to kind of see everything shake out. We've already like kind of reached like not necessarily must win, but like huge games that are going to impact a lot over these next couple weeks. Yeah, it's going to be situations really at this point in like in most years if you're a team like in my position that's five and two or whatever, I'm looking for those mm-hmm. juicy matchups against like the owners that are like one and six. 
that are already like kind of falling apart, falling out the way. But every single matchup is like it's a must win. It's either you separate yourself mm-hmm. or you fall behind. And yeah, there are no really juicy matchups unless I mean I can't even say it because I lost to him. Unless you're playing Nick's team, uh, Whoa. Perhaps, perhaps that's a juicy matchup. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no one in six you know team in our league. Everybody is either three and four or only one or two games ahead of that. Well, it looks like either we all know what we're doing or we all don't know what we're doing. But let's dive into the matchups and let's find out who uh, who pulled away with victories this week. Let's go. So the first two matchups we're going to talk about are lowest scoring matchups. And one of them is going to be yours, the matchup of the week. But I wanted to just dive in on these ones. Very low scoring. First one, QB Sneaks. Team Mercy A, QB Sneaks got the win. He's going three to four. Sam going two, three and four as well. Let's look at Sandstein's first. Damian Harris. Now, I don't. I still don't know if Sam listens to this podcast. But I've been screaming through my microphone and through the... Apple Podcast Airwaves to take Clyde what's Clyde Edwards Hilaire off her lineup and she did finally. Damian Harris is in there, but Sam, you don't have to listen to me. Uh Damian Harris is coming off a kind of a uh he was coming off injured, first game back. It was a good spot. I don't blame her. Uh New England against Chicago. Chicago's a bad team. I think we're still in this like flux thinking that New England is just um we got Bill Belichick going against like sub rookie. I know obviously Justin Fields is not a rookie quarterback, but mm-hmm. uh, we saw the way that he that Bill Belichick schemed and dominated that line the the Lions game against Jared Goff. So I guess maybe um, I know I was excited for this matchup for Sam, uh, not Sam, but just the New England running backs as a whole. I know I was really excited for Ramondre Stevenson, but what an absolute dud from Damian Harris. Yeah. I mean, they played catch up most of that game. I think they were up 14 to 10 at some point. They were down 10 zero. I had the mm-hmm. new England Patriots defense, which was extremely disappointing on Monday night. Um, they had sacks, but like they just let Justin Fields just dominate them, but they were playing catch up. They were down, you know, most of that game. So Damian Harris didn't really get too much run as far as any pass options. Uh, the only goal line, or I should say inside the five carry um, that the Patriots got was from Ramondre, and he punched one in. So, yeah, Sam doesn't really have any options for running backs. She has three running backs on her team. I'm not going to really count Craig Reynolds, uh, but Joe Mixon is a, still a, a decent, a good option to have as an RB1. Um, but the other three running backs that she has are just – Guys that are kind of in timeshares. Um, the news coming out Sunday morning that Pacheco was going to start ended up being where Clyde got most of the carries um, and that he got Head the games. touchdown. Seriously, it, it screwed me over. Um, Melvin Gordon, um, it, you know, none of these options that she has are options that I would feel comfortable probably even starting, whether it's a flex or my RB2. So. Sam definitely has a lot of question marks on our team um, to the point that something's got to change because, you know, she dropped to, to 10th place, last place in the league. And now that Matt Ryan got benched, she doesn't have a quarterback. She will have Kirk Cousins coming back. But I just – she has three very good wide receivers. I think it's time to kind of perhaps trade one of those for uh, for a legit second running back. 
I mean, she can definitely package this Tyler Boyd explosion game. Uh, he's been very up and down, but if I'm if I'm someone not keeping tabs on Tyler Boyd and I click on his emblem and I see that he's the number 12 ranked wide receiver in football, if you're a team that's kind of snake bitten at wide receiver, that you could probably she could probably sell him off and package maybe Tyler Boyd and Mike Evans and or whatever options that she wants to do and address that running back. And I feel like that goes in hand with Shane's team when I see a starting wide receiver lineup of Debo, uh, Deontay, and DJ Moore. Yeah, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson was on by this week, but Alec Pierce, we were I think with you, we were all excited about Alec Pierce in that game. Uh, they had two weeks against the Jags, and all signs are pointing up. Now, with the news of Matt Ryan kind of hitting the pine, and we don't know what we're going to get out of that quarterback room, that quarterback yeah, play. Still very kind of, uh, yeah, we don't know what either Pittman or Pierce will be with uh, Ellinger as the quarterback. Yeah, so I see like a Shane as a team where he can't afford to roll out DJ Moore or even Deontay Johnson at this point. I I feel like I feel like Pittsburgh's offense as a whole is pretty much this is I feel like we're getting to the time of the year where besides situations like Matt Ryan or like teams that are juggling quarterbacks, we have a firm idea of what offenses are going to look like for the rest of the year. There's no more surprises or very few surprises in that in that fact. And uh, we he pulled out the win, but we we saw it struggling from the wide receiver room. You're not going to get that DJ Moore game. I don't think at any point this season. This uh, for some reason they opened it up, and Tampa is just an absolute just dumpster fire of a team right now, and mm-hmm. they jumped on them quick. I think if I was Tampa Bay, maybe they're looking at the game tape of PJ Walker against the Rams, and they were very seldom uh, opening them up downfield, uh, trusting him to make the big throws. It looks like they probably went into this game against Tampa, and they thought, hey, you know what, we're underdogs, let's whip it out, let's go for broke. And it paid off. The defense showed up. The offense showed up. I don't think you can expect that out of DJ Moore going forward. And just low production from Debo and Deontay. So that's my big worries about Shane's team. And, I mean, even Latavius Murray. was. I'm trying to look at his bench. Does he even have a ba- another backup running back? Yeah. So he but, has two on the IR, which Cordero I never scroll down back. far enough for that. <laughs> Cordero's coming back, not next week, but the week after. And he, he plays the Chargers. And we know how bad the Chargers are against the run. Um, What's up? Yeah, James Conner. Um, I'm not sure when James Conner is coming back. Who cares? But, yeah, I mean he is just very touchdown dependent. He's not going to get you, you know, probably more than 60, 70 yards, but he does still get the red zone carries. Um, so we'll see. I I think I I'm not completely out on DJ Moore. I, the talent is for sure there. I think he's one of just a, a very talented wide receiver. He's just kind of stuck in the situation that he's in right now. I yeah. still think that he has that talent. PJ Walker just threw him the ball. I don't really know anybody else at all as a wide receiver on that team. Now that Robbie Anderson is gone, can you name anybody else that's a wide receiver? Mm, no. I can't. Yeah, like not off the top of my head. I'm sure there's someone that we're kind of forgetting um, that might, you know, play here and there. But – I still think he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he gets 10 targets a game, perhaps eight, eight to 10 at, uh, at least. So, yeah, I, I think he is someone that when Justin Jefferson will return next week, I think you put Debo and Justin Jefferson as a two-out receiver spot. I am not sold on Deontay Johnson. I've been saying it for weeks. He he gets the targets, but I just there are a bunch of wide receivers on that team that I feel like can kind of 
you know, go off, not go off, but, you know, get like have a lot of that share of the targets. So I would, I would, I think it would, he would be okay with having DJ Moore as a flex, um, perhaps uh, matchup dependent. But I, I think a, a Shane's team is going to be still hovering around that, that six to, or I should say five to eight. Um, position in the standings for the next few weeks. I think there are going to be some weeks where he has low games, um, but I do think he has potential at least when he gets his re- uh, running backs healthy to you know put up a good amount of numbers. Yeah, close matchup heading into Monday night, but Monday night uh, sealed the deal with that David Montgomery performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting uh, Shane the win, as I mentioned, he's going to three and four, seventh place in the league, and Team RCA going to three and four, but tenth place. Next matchup, Ken White Walker, three and four, Phillips team. Gets the win against run runners Ronnie B. The worst team in the league. Who? Knicks. Why do you say that? I just think this team is terrible. Well, okay. It's just a bad team. He got the loss. Do you want to start it out with his team or what? Yeah, I mean, I just I, I was lucky enough to trade him Jared Goff and the Denver Broncos defense. They combined for six points. Um, <laughs> Jared Goff. Cool. Yeah, like I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is someone you can start. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad I got rid of Jared Goff because I don't know what's going on in Detroit. Um, they had a bye week, and then they come out and like that performance they had against the Cowboys. Cowboys defense is extremely good. Maybe the best. They're not that good though. I think they're I they they are good very good for fantasy purposes. They turn the ball over, they get a lot of sacks. Um but for quarterbacks that are very indecisive, which I feel like Jared Goff can be, they put a lot of pressure on those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I uh they've only allowed more than 24 points once or maybe over 20 points yeah. once. The Cowboys defense against the Eagles, of course, the one time I bet on the Eagles under, they hit it um or they hit the over. But I don't know. I just Nick doesn't have a tight end. Nick doesn't have a quarterback. Nope. Nope. Nick doesn't really have a flex player. Um, and I think you need those in an eight person or ten person league to compete. And I don't. You're not gonna get. I mean, if you're getting twenty four points from Aaron Jones, you're thinking that you're gonna win your week. Yeah. And he lost by thirty. So. I don't know. I I I'm. It's still out for Christian McCaffrey. He's still going to be a great uh, addition in San Francisco. I do think, and I said this. I do think that because they have so many other weapons in San Francisco, I still think they're going to feed other people as well as Christian McCaffrey. I could see someone. We didn't touch on this for a Shane's team, but I can see someone like George Kittle perhaps getting a little bit more play in in the passing game. Um, with McCaffrey in the backfield, I just feel like it opens it up for them instead of kind of you know struggling to get the run game going. At, at times, it did with someone like Jeff Wilson or um, my boy, who's the guy that's on my uh, IR, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, I feel like at times they they struggle to run the ball, and I think McCaffrey's going to do a great job with that line. Of course, when Trent Williams comes back, all that stuff. But I still think that when he was on the Panthers, they didn't just ha- they didn't have anybody. So they're of course they're going to do checkdowns. Of course they're going to use McCaffrey as much as possible because they just didn't have anyone. So I'm still up in the air with that. Um, 
yeah, I just I don't like anybody on his bench. J.K. Dobbins is going to be out for a month. James Robinson getting traded. I think that does help Nick. Um, R.I.P. Brees Hall. Too soon. Uh, Romeo Dobbs threw up a goose egg. Taysom Hill, we've called from the get go, is is an uh, is really he's a he's a gimmick. Or, or yeah, he's a gimmick. I just I don't I don't like this team. I'm gonna like benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna wait it out before I absolutely trash Christian McCaffrey. They're they got a big match. Uh, I wasn't trashing Christian McCaffrey. I just think well, that his situation. the expectation of having twenty like twenty five to 20, 20 to twenty five points like he was in Carolina. I just I can't see that necessarily. I can't see him getting nine catches a game. No, I don't see that either. But I still, I still think with a whole host of players. Uh, completely healthy. Everyone's good. He's well integrated in the system. He's not getting twenty touches, but I think, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility he gets uh, combined rushing, catching, fifteen and like fifteen touches on that offense with all those players and how well that running scheme is. I think he's he's going to be just as efficient. I think he's like the big thing. The big question mark is. Will the addition of Christian McCaffrey like help out in the red zone? Like, will he be a focal part when they're in the red zone, and he'll be able to cash mm-hmm. in on that? Because that's really what he's been missing this year. I mean, in years past when he was healthy and a beast, it didn't matter where he was on the field. Kind of like what we're seeing with Saquon Barkley this year. Doesn't matter where he's on the field. Uh, he can break one off. He can get a touchdown at any point of the year. Um, at any point of the the game. I don't know. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is still great. He's still amazing. He can break one off at any he moment. Is. But yeah. with this better offense, it's going to be easier for him to be in positions to get that touchdown. But if he's not getting those touchdowns, then with the lack of touches and the lack of catches that he's going to be obviously taking a step step back on, it is worrisome. It is, and especially for a number one pick that he drafted him at. Yeah, I mean, I I look at the game log for or the the stats of that game, and you have George Kittle with uh, six catches, Ayuk with seven catches, Ray Ray McLeod with four catches, Debo with five, uh, even Ju- uh, Kyle Juszczyk had three. Like McCaffrey only had two and only two targets, and I know that he probably was on some sort of snap count. I I did not watch the game, so but they were down. Well, I guess it was kind of back and forth, but you know you have guys that that make plays in this offense and there's there's only one ball to go around i feel like because i watched the first portion of the game and he was not in there on the first drive he was on there in the second drive and i believe i was here with kyle shanahan that he scripts the first something around like 20 or 30 play he scripts he scripts a whole bunch of plays to start the game so it makes sense and he did when christian mccaffrey's out he got multiple uh multiple carries early in the game, which was served to be the bulk of what he did. So mm-hmm. I, and I, you heard the story with him on the, in the plane, asking for the playbook, blah, 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 all that crap. Um, it's going to be cool to see. It's going to be cool to see him against the Rams uh, next week. It's going to be a huge game for the mm-hmm. division. That'll be the, and Rams are just an absolute atrocious team. So Nick, Nick got to yeah, watch that I, game. I think, yeah, I think this is a, a perfect week to kind of see what you're going to get from Christian McCaffrey. He's going to have a full week of practice. He's going to have the playbook. Um, I still think you know there's time to be patient, of course, and and there's and I don't expect him to kind of get everything done now. But 
it will be interesting to see if they still, you know, split carries with him and Jeff Wilson and to see if, you know, regarding the weapons, other weapons that they have. Yeah. Super interesting situation there. It'll be cool. Uh, definitely next week and as the season progress, how, what, what that number one pick is going to look like or number two pick is going to look like for the rest of the year. Uh, Phillips team trying to do quick math here. I'm, I'm adding up the points of his running backs, starters and on the bench. And oh my gosh, he almost had a hundred points just from his running backs. If you add up all the points, I think he did 40, 57, 87. Yep. One Oh two. No, 102 plus the Deonta Foreman. So he won like about 120. Yeah. Basically what he got. Yeah. Yeah. What? Incredible. Kenneth Walker. Uh, uh, I said it last. I don't know if I said it with mm-hmm. you or I was with Phil. Kenneth Walker will win him this league. I think he is an absolute home run. Best pickup of the year. And he absolutely crushed the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, he had two huge runs um, for touchdowns, especially I think it was like a 75-yarder. Um, he's awesome. And, you know, that offensive line has improved. I think they used both. They used two picks like somewhat early in their draft um, for offensive tackles, and they have been extremely valuable, especially that one that he broke off for the 75-yarder. I think it was like to the right side. It was off tackle, and it was just like, it was awesome to watch. Um, he's extremely good, and Derrick Henry is extremely good. Even, you know, he didn't even hit projections, but he still had 15 points. Zeke has been really nice the last couple of weeks. He's banged up, so he won't be playing next week. But that doesn't really matter for his team because he's got Travis Etienne, who is now the legit number one option for Jacksonville if they traded uh, James Robinson. He's got Eno Benjamin, who... Might take a little bit of a backseat once uh, James Conner comes back, but he has proven to at least run the ball effectively. And Deonta Foreman, who now will be splitting time with uh, Chuba Hubbard. So he's got a bunch of options. And we talked about, you know, him and I made that trade. Um, a CD and uh, Darrell Henderson, who now he will have as well, for Swift and uh, Marquise Brown. But when A.J. Brown comes back, you know, he still has Chris Olave. He has a good team. And I think he's going to shoot up from, I believe, over the last couple of weeks. He's kind of, you know, flirted with being in last place. Um, but he's got a good squad. And I can see him sneaking in definitely in the fifth or sixth spot coming up pretty soon. Yeah, and he's in a good situation that his two weaknesses are quarterback and tight end. That he has mm-hmm. so many other assets on his team. Like a... Uh, like if a Wandell Robinson starts heating up and now that he's getting healthy, he's a good wide receiver that he could probably go out and maybe, maybe make an easy trade with a, with a, an owner that has some, a couple of tight ends. Um, Geno Smith is serviceable, but there's definitely quarterbacks you can run out. Uh, he's got a, the guts of a lineup on his team and he's got plenty of pieces that he can survive these bye weeks. Uh, I like his team and he showed out this mm-hmm. week, 120. Uh, quick scan here. Yeah, number one team of the week. Uh, he goes three to four, eighth place. Run runners goes to ninth. Worst team in the league. So Jake, you've been touting Fishel Boys as the hottest team in the uh, hottest team of the league, and mm-hmm. he's he's still firing on all cylinders with a big win here against uh, Notorious. He's going to second place, right behind me, one sixteen, one hundred five, and 
it's it's Damian Pierce. I was very low on him to start the year. Um, he's been so consistent, and that Houston team. I mean, they haven't won. It's, so it's like they've had negative game strips scripts, but they know it's cool to see. It's kind of like with Christian McCaffrey. Like I know when Christian McCaffrey came in late, they had Cam Newton. Like they're still a decent team, but like mm-hmm. it's cool when teams know from the get go who their who their guy is. And mm-hmm. I was reading something. No, I was watching. I was just watching a little bit of this game, and I remember coming in the second half. They interviewed uh, Lovey Smith. And I think they were down at that point. But still, like, Damian Pierce had, like, 12, 13 touches. And they interviewed him coming out of the half. And he was like, and they said, well, what's the game plan for second half? They're like, oh, we need to give Damian Pierce more touches. And it was like, how do you get the guy more touches? He's already at, like, 13. And just absolute workhorse, uh, Damian Pierce. Super wrong about him. And now Alvin Kamara coming online uh, for this team. It looks like he's definitely past injury bug. That that running back core will hold up his kind of piss poor wide receiver output that he's had these past couple weeks. Yeah, DK got banged up in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Conky. I mean, I'm, I'm no. I'm assuming it was super Ankle? early. Uh, yeah, this is foot in some way. Um, where he was carted off. Um, oh, right here, diagnosed with a patellar, so his knee mm-hmm. um, injury. But he said, I remember watching a highlight when that happened. Well, it wasn't a highlight, but him getting carted off and he was telling someone, like, I think uh, he's like, I'm good. Like, I'll be yeah, okay. Yeah. So he, he, he definitely knew that it wasn't something serious. And it's not, it doesn't look like it's something serious. It's definitely not going to knock him out for the year. Like, uh, you know, some other people that perhaps got hurt. Like, for instance, in that game, JC Jackson went down. He's gone for the entire year. Uh, but like someone like a Mike Williams, like Mike Williams is going to be out for a month because he got hurt in that game. So DK should be back. I would assume that he perhaps even plays next week or at least the the week after, uh, Jerry Judy actually finally had like a decent output. He got targeted 11 times, caught the ball seven times for 96 yards against a good jet secondary. Um, but I really think that this is like, I mean, I know the very first week he had 20 points. So I guess that technically is a ceiling. But I do think that Jerry Judy's ceiling is literally going to be 13 points, like, consistently. Um, that, I mean, Russ looks like he's back. He's doing uh, knee, uh, knee touches in the uh, hallway of the airplane. God, I'd be um, so pissed. <laughs> while people are trying to sleep. I know. But, no, he, he Russ is just the worst. But I, he never really had too much, you know, chemistry with Jerry Judy or any of his wide receivers. I mean, Sutton looked decent when Russ was out there, but nothing crazy like we thought. Um, but as we have said, Brian's team is solely on Mahomes and Kelsey. Mahomes with 30 points. Kelsey with just a standard 12 and a half, uh, 13 points. But yeah, you're right. He has, you know, I do think those running backs do pay off. I think Damian Pierce, you were talking about Levy Smith. I feel like Levy Smith is just one of those old school coaches that is, hundred percent about giving the guy the rock and establishing the run game. And you're going to get that with Damian Pierce every week, 20, 25 touches. And eventually he's going to find the end zone these weeks. Um, he's going to hit 80 to hundred yards with those many carries too. So yeah, Damian Pierce is going to be a legit option, especially as an RB two. Um, and yeah, Brian's team is pretty good. Uh, I think, 
This is a sneaky team that I could see get upset in the playoffs yeah. if if Mahomes and Kelsey kind of have a bad day. But then you look at their matchups. For instance, like we will probably I think our playoffs begin in week 15 and plays Houston. Week 16 plays Seattle. So, you know, those are two, you know, juicy matchups as far as we're just already looking ahead. Um but we shall see. Yeah, you're right. His wide receiver is kind of weak, and especially because he doesn't have anybody on the bench. But I just, I just, I didn't even realize this. Brian also has Joe Burrow. So if you are a team like a Phillips, like a uh, who was the other one? Sam. Sam. Um, yeah. Or there. Well, she has Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. So if if you're a team um, that needs a quarterback, and perhaps Brian does need that wide receiver. That is a, you know, that is something that perhaps you can kind of package um, to try and get someone because Joe Burrow has gone off these last two weeks. Um, He is now the second ranked fantasy quarterback, which is crazy. And Mahomes is number three. So if Brian is looking to upgrade, I don't really see the purpose of having Joe Burrow on the bench um, when he is this good right now. I would for sure look to try and deal him. Yeah. And going over the notorious team with his quarterback play, he had to run out Tom Brady this week. And I believe I said in the last podcast, I was expecting Tom Brady to buddy up in terms of points against Patrick Mahomes. I felt like Uh this was the matchup. This is the get right game. They're going to blow him out. That is not the case. Now, granted, uh, Mike Evans did drop an absolute surefire touchdown (laughs) that would have just, really blown it up and maybe would have changed the whole perception of the game if they had that quick lead to start off the game and be able to control it. But that game got out of hand quickly. That offense is absolutely, is just sputtering. They cannot score in the red zone and it is crazy to watch. I think I've seen Tom Brady. I have him in another league and uh, I don't know what to do with him because I, they move the ball. Like, yeah, there's no issues whatsoever moving the ball down the field. Little, it, But it's not like big plays. They're little six-yard plays, maybe to Leonard Fournette, eight-yard plays to Mike Evans, nine-yard plays to Chris Godwin. Their tight end even had a bunch of plays this uh, week. Just dinking and dunking all down the field. They get in the red zone. I've seen Tom Brady just skip balls into receivers more than I've ever seen him do. Like, just it's It's crazy to watch where he just looks – bad like in the red zone no like there's no uh um what's the word i'm looking for there's just no kind of like imagination in the red zone i just it doesn't seem like they're being creative at all Mm -hmm. like just go just run straight out there and try to get open it's just like there has to be a way to open things up um so yeah and i mean continuity is a good word too just there just hasn't seemed to be any flow inside the red zone and it's definitely taking a hit on Brady in general well this is like that besides uh Cameron Brate going out because Cameron Brate's been that safety blanket for Tom ever mm-hmm. since he's came over to Tampa Bay but it did seem like this is the week in terms of most offensive pieces where okay Godwin Godwin came back last week that that was his first real game about being healthy and Mike Evans has been suspended for a game that this seemed like the game where okay we're two weeks. This is our second week now. We have all we have our offensive guys. We got a bad matchup. Yeah, we're on the road, but this is Tom Brady. He's going to get it figured out. Tampa's going to get it figured out because they still are one of the top, mm-hmm. top teams. But 
it's just it's not clicking. It's not working. And another thing that's yeah. not clicking is given all the injuries and Keenan's health is Keenan Allen in general and the and the wide receivers for the Chargers, especially with Mike Williams going out. Well, Mike Williams going out. I mean, Mike Williams had a good game before he got hurt in that last drive um, or the fourth quarter, essentially. Um, but yeah, Keenan coming back. I, I really wasn't sure what he was going to be, you know, what he would do um, being, you know, out for five, six weeks. Um, I think perhaps they probably just should have let him. It's one of those things where those guys want to play no matter what. Um, but letting him sit out for an extra week and they have a bye this upcoming week. So, um, yeah, I, I think Keenan will eventually be there. They, they, although they lost this past game, I do think they still miss him tremendously in their passing game. Um, and, and I think, you know, give him some time. He'll be right there. But I mean, I was looking as you were talking about Brady, like Trey has, I think, oh man, I, I mean, Trey has two extremely good running backs and running backs that like we knew Austin Eckler would be good um, this year as far as like touchdowns. Like he has eight touchdowns the last four weeks. Um, That's crazy. Like he has eight touchdowns. He's averaged two touchdowns a game the last four weeks. And although he's not getting too much the last two weeks at least not getting a lot of yards on the ground he is still catching an extreme amount of of his targets he had 12 receptions for 96 yards last week as a running back and a touchdown so you know it's it's hard to think that that's going to continue but i really do think that it's going to continue like unless he gets hurt of course and perhaps this will affect him as as he's getting used so much yeah but he is it's crazy to watch him work and it's also crazy to watch Josh Jacobs oh, work. Please let me say his stats here. So week 4, 144 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Week 5, mm-hmm. 154 yards on the ground, one touchdown. By week 6, week 7, 143 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he has averaged two touchdowns the last 3 uh, weeks. 3 weeks because they had that bye. So you're getting two running backs that are averaging two touchdowns the last month every week. Crazy. With, you're, at, you're getting four touchdowns. It's disgusting. Just to, to think that if the Bills, for some chance, weren't on by this week, that he – definitely in the realm of possibility that Josh Allen hits a 20, has a 20-point week in a hypothetical matchup. Mm-hmm. The, the thought of, of Trey potentially winning this week with, with the production of Austin Eckler – Josh Jacobs and like a a 20 point performance from another quarterback where he's getting two points, two points, 8.5, 5.18, is absolutely filthy. He got he has to now that Keenan's back and uh, it's just up in the air of that Chargers offense and the health like he just needs he needs a slam dunk on a on a wide receiver right now. If he can get some something yeah, co- constant out of that room Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean he if he gets, you know, the the something that's been frustrating is is Chris Godwin getting a lot of yards. Like Chris Godwin has gotten uh well, I should say last week he only had 43, but the week prior he had 95, he had 61 the week prior before that, 59. He's getting a ton of targets. 
he's just not like we talked about the red zone. He's just not getting any touchdowns. So if you can get, you know, the 60 yard five catch performance from Chris Godwin, which is very basically on par of what he's doing this season. And you add a touchdown to that. There's your wide receiver that can get you 15 points. Yeah. Godwin's just like a, it's like a tea kettle. It's like, it's heating up. I I do think I, I really do think that he has the potential to go off the last like five to six weeks of the season. San Francisco, Cincinnati, Arizona. Those are two. Those are three juicy matchups. Uh, with this, with this victory, Brian goes to five and two, second place. Trey goes three and four. All right, our heartbreak matchup of the week: the cat claws up, claws up, loses a tough one to House Chargarian. One hundred four point eight for Steph to get her to three and four, fifth in the league to one hundred three point four six. That is a difference between one point five. Uh, maybe 1.4. Um, right tough, tough one. Um, I think I think everyone can kind of attest to fantasy football and losing in very close matchups, and you kind of start second guessing. You start looking at you know what had happened if this would have happened, if that would have happened. But overall, uh, a tough result for you. Yeah, I mean. The best part, the best part in losing these short ones is when you start playing the bench game. Oh, if I would have put this guy in, I would have won. Mm-hmm. I, none, none of that happened this week, um, to any effect. So, I played the lineup that I needed to play. What just kills me is looking at defense kickers and seeing the points of disparity there. Uh, Brandon mm-hmm. McManus at home is usually automatic. He missed the five. He missed the fifty uh, yarder, which it's a fifty yarder. I get it. You miss him every now and then. That's totally fine. But when it comes down to an extra point, an extra yep. point, and that's the reason yep. why I lost. Sorry, I keep cutting you off because I'm just. No, you're good. No, I was just saying. Yeah, I was just uh, extra point in our league is three minus three. So uh, Brandon McManus missing an extra point was essentially a four point swing, in which of course Blake would have won if that extra point would have went in. Yeah, and I mean, just just down matchups for me. Uh, Michael Pittman against Tennessee. I thought that was a bounce back game. They got blown up by Tennessee earlier in the year. I feel like when you play in division, you're gonna split. Usually, I feel like you split those games. They did not split. Matt Ryan just. I don't even. I don't even know what to expect out of Michael Pittman with the change in guard for uh, the Colts. Could even tell mm-hmm. you. Well, I could take a guess what the quarterback's name is, and but I couldn't tell you what school he went to. I don't even know. Oh, he's he's more famous for the school he went to than his than what school did he go general. to? He went to Texas. Oh, long uh, He is he is well known for. I don't remember what game it was. They won a game, and there's that GIF or the meme of um, he's up on the stage. It was a big game. It was like a it wasn't a bowl game, but it was oh, it was the Big Twelve Championship, and they beat someone. I don't remember who it was. And he went into the mic and said, like, we're back. Like, Texas football is back. And then I think the next season they went, like, 500. Like, they didn't even sniff, like, the playoffs. So uh, he's a very cocky individual. Quarterback Um, upgrade then, it sounds like. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. Matt Ryan getting benched, um, he played absolutely terrible. Looking just at his stats, I didn't watch any of the game. But looked just 
terrible statistic, but the week before that, he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. So it's just a head. It feels like a head case. It's just a head case, and it just seems like certain defenses are getting to him. Uh, the The Titans aren't a good team, especially offensively. But you can always count on the on the Titans uh, being a good defensive team. And I've talked about it multiple times mm-hmm. with uh, with their pass rush. Like they can get after a quarterback. They've shown it um, over these last couple yeah, years. Gene Autry. Yeah, with Gene Autry. I was trying to avoid that, but. You always want to bring that up. But, no, they're a good defensive team. And I think Matt Ryan has just seen ghosts out there. Uh, he been in, I mean, new team, seeing ghosts out there. It seems like he hasn't really figured out where his escape valves are when he is dealing with pressure. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. not feeling the pressure on the outside. It's just a bad situation for him. So, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed out with this individual week. But given everything that's happened with the Colts and that offense, I'm still happy with Michael Pittman and how well he's involved and how well he's making do with the situation. Hopefully this is a situation where it's just a spark plug and uh, we get some young quarterback in there that just wants to sling it around. And Michael Pittman's not one of these outside receivers where um, on a good team or a good quarterback, he can actually go through his progressions and, like slinging outside. Michael Pittman's right up the middle. Definitely going to be maybe not 14, 15 targets, but like he's still going to be a huge main focus. And they have Jonathan Taylor. He's healthy. Played last week. Not a great showing, but still. um, I'm not worried about, like there's still an offense and there's still an output for Michael Pittman even in this offense with a healthy Jonathan Taylor. So I'm not worried about that. Okay. Um are you worried about the two players that are going to be out for the foreseeable future on your team? I'm not worried about David Njoku as much as I absolutely love him. And I was reading some stupid article like, should you drop David Njoku? Hell no. The guy's going to be sitting on my team. I'm not dropping him. I'll wait out the two to five weeks. That's why, luckily, I held on to Pat. Pat's healthy. That bad offense, I, he's he's tight end. He's still one of the better tight ends in this league. So I'm fine with that. Brees Hall. Pour one out. Um, Pour one out for Brees Hall. I saw a video today where it was like, uh, I don't think it was a good comparison, but the um, video was saying how like dropping Brees Hall, it just feels like you've just lost like a, a like a loved animal. Like it was like you just have this feeling of like, do I really want to do this? But I have to because like I have to let him go. Yeah, he's he's gone. <sighs> You what, Jake? You may need to help me on this, but this injury and this situation with Brees Hall reminds me of a certain. Uh, there was that Redskins running back that you and I were super high on. Oh, that piece of trash human being, Darius Geis. Darius Geis. One of yeah, those situations where you fuck Darius Geis. By the way, if you want to know why, just look up the shit that he did. Okay, that guys criminal okay but we're talking fantasy football here i sure. i held on um i wasn't high on Brees hall i mean i if we go back to earlier episodes i was was, yeah, he was like an unknown like he, he was, was an unknown sure he getting. was drafted high um i still thought michael carter was maybe not the better running back but he still a serviceable running back he was going to eat into it but man was i swayed these last couple weeks and seeing Brees hall get the extra touches mm-hmm. and 
I was I was I was watching Red Zone and I saw the Brees Hall touchdown this past weekend and little end around you can't stop him once you get him on the outside it was just over the speed the talent was all there and but I did the stupid thing of texting Stephanie the yeah, so this is your fault this is my fault texting Stephanie the Tyreek Hill peace sign and boom injury and yep that's why you never talk trash on fantasy football never. I know it's just horrible but it's a bummer I I have been shopping Brace Hall around, and it would have been great if I would have got a deal for him, but that's fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with Najee Harris. I'm still absolutely worried, but I still have to run mm-hmm. him out there. But in this situation, I'm glad that I haven't got any offer or I didn't fall through with any trades for Najee. I, at least I can hold on to him. Devin Singletary, I have depth, but just a, 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 a home run like Brace Hall having him for the full season, what what he would have done for my team. Um mm-hmm. it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But I I feel like I can make do with it. So okay, let's look can we talk about Steph's team? I don't want to talk about that team anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's head over to House Chargarian. Um you know, a team that didn't like there's nothing too flashy. It was it came down to the defense and the kicker. She had a combined thirty four points from those two um we talk about how justin tucker is literally like a a league winner and he absolutely is every week it feels like he gets 10 plus um cowboys have the best defensive team in uh, fantasy uh football they average at least 12 13 points a game were they number one last year as well with all the dicks um perhaps um i mean micah parsons was defensive player of the year he had a ton of sacks so Perhaps yeah. they did. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but there. That's a really good. You, in my opinion, you always kind of do want to have a very solid defense and kicker option, like combined, because those can win you weeks. Yeah, thirty. I mean, thirty-four points. Well, I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, that's better than my my flex, my tight end, my wide receiver two. I mean, that's that's better than almost half my lineup just right there, mm-hmm. just for. Dynamic yeah, players. Two weeks ago, the two weeks ago, the Dallas Cowboys had twenty three points, and Justin Tucker had sixteen. So that's forty points. So like having those two combined, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's just a kicker. It's just a defense." Like that stuff, literally, it makes a huge, huge difference. puts a lot of pressure off of the position players. That if you have a bad week, from let's say Leonard Fournette with three points, and Jamal Williams with seven points, like. A, a Lamar Jackson with 10. She still scored over 100 points, which is something I would love to do since I can't score more than 100 points back-to-back weeks. But, yeah, they, they make a huge difference. Yeah, this going against a team with Lamar Jackson, you pray that you're going against you're going against Lamar Jackson on a week that he's going to falter and you take advantage of it. And just a, just a lapse for my team. But luckily for me, I got a little bit of a wiggle room. I got to figure out this injury with uh, Brees Hall and how I can move forward. But with my wiggle room and my loss this week, I go to five and two. House Targaryen goes to three and four. Not only was this one of the lowest scoring matchup of the week, but this is also the matchup of the week because we had Phil on last episode. And Phil is, mm-hmm. I convinced Phil that his team was going to beat your team. I think he was so high in your squad heading in, but. And I think you changed your lineup a little bit 
Um, I did. Yeah, I changed. Uh, I put Terry McLaurin in, and I good move. Uh, Sunday night or Sunday morning, I woke up and I saw Pacheco was going to be the starting running back of the KC offense. Now I know that Clyde, even though he was the starting running back, um, you know, wasn't getting too much run still, but he was getting the red zone opportunities. And I felt like Jeff Wilson wasn't going to get any red zone opportunities. Uh, Kareem Hunt, even I just kind of unsure. So I picked up Pacheco and I decided to start him. I thought about starting Chubba Hubbard um, only because I really wasn't sure um, what the split carries were going to be between him and Deonta, so I decided not to. Ended up being where uh, he had a great game. Um, and they were also playing the number one rush defense yeah, in Tampa Yeah, I mean, Bay. you can't make that play. You can't. So it, it's hard to just yeah, throw that in there. Um, but I was actually really, I mean, I don't, we'll get into this later, but I was really like surprised at his performance. Uh, he had a good game, but... Yeah, I did change it up. Um, I will say, I feel like your your guys' analysis wasn't correct on certain things. You said that uh, Phil would have more touchdowns on my team. That was incorrect. I had two to Phil's one. Okay. But I still lost. Um, you guys thought that A.J. Dillon was going to just go bonkers. Um, had a 1.5 game. Uh. But, uh, I mean, it came down to my team, came down to you guys were correct in Cortland Sutton. I was not really high on Cortland Sutton. And once again, I, for people listening, Blake loves to think that because the first wide receiver in your team automatically makes him the wide receiver one. That's not true whatsoever. I kind of just throw players together and throw them up there, and I don't care where they land. Um Cortland Sutton, I think he was close to catching a touchdown. I didn't see it, but I thought I read it that like the last play of the game, he had the ball in the end zone, but something happened with that. But he had a, a measly 3.8. I am concerned with him, um, especially with uh, who's the quarterback that started? Rippin. That Rippin or uh, Rippin. Yeah, Rippin. Uh, Rippin, I think. But it, but getting a Mark Andrews point four, yeah, that is just um, insane. That was rough. Um, I went to that festival and I didn't really get good service, but I felt like whenever I did get service, I'd get a pop-up. Mark Andrews is in the red zone. Mark Andrews is in the red zone. I'm just thinking like, all right, cool. Like we're, we're, he's going to score a touchdown one of these times. Then I looked back at the end of the day and I saw that he had four rushing yards and that was it. And I went, what the hell happened? Like um, I just, that is just, it won't happen again this year. I just yeah. happened to have a, a week where I had a bunch of low scoring across the board. Um, yeah, just just a tough a tough week. Harrison Butker missed a thirty yard field goal, um, which is negative three in our league. Just a couple things that just happened where I was just like, eh. Like I I am starting to get concerned. I for my team, um, I luckily I will be having Cooper back next week. DeAndre Swift. So I do have some guys coming in that's going to improve my team. But this is a week where I, I think I needed to win um, only because Phil did have a lot of his big – he had most of his big players on buys. And, you know, only – and he only put up 97. Um, and that was thanks to Matt Ryan and his terrible quarterback play. But, yeah, I, I needed to – and I, and I knew that – Tua was going to have a better game than Kenny Pickett. Um, but Phil goes to 3-0 and with Kenny Pickett as his quarterback. 
absolutely ridiculous that Phil, I don't know if you saw it because you were at the festival, but Phil texts uh, us in our little three-man group chat. Before the game starts, he's playing oh, yeah. against you, mm-hmm. and he asks who he should play, Kenny Pickett or Tua. W- yeah. What? That's when you just know that fantasy football is, is mostly luck. It is. Like when the guy that's playing you throws out that text, it's just kind of like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, but he's 3-0. and He's got a little juju going. Uh, Saquon Barkley may not be the number one running back in the league in terms of points scored because of just the ridiculous bonkers that's Austin Eckler. And is it still Chubb or is – Josh yeah, Chubb is still number two. Josh yeah. Jacobs is nipping at his heels, but yeah, uh, he's right around. There. Saquon Barkley is the number one running back in my heart. I just every time <laughs> there I there were a couple runs that were insane. It's just insane, and it's it's such a cool story. I say it every single week, and especially when they win, and and I we we look at Phil's team and having a, it's just such a cool story. So uh, another decent week out of him. Now, I wasn't extremely talented A.J. Dillon. I don't know why you want me in there. Uh, Blake's best bets. I feel like I didn't. The, I faded yeah, the Packers. You... <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, I was still excited about it. I still thought it was going to be a good matchup. I, But yeah, absolute flounder. But I will say Ramondre Stevenson. I was right about that one. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is that he didn't even have a good game. He didn't have a good game on the ground. He rushed the ball 11 times for 39 yards. Yeah. That's not anything crazy. What was crazy was his eight catches for 60 yards where they just kind of – I think there was one drive I was watching the game, and he caught like four straight passes, like just a little check down dump dump offs from uh, Bailey Zapp. Mm-hmm. And he did punch Zap one attack. in. Yeah. He did punch one in uh, within the five yard line. He, I mean, he had a, he, I mean, he had twenty points. He had a really good game. Yeah. Um. So I give him props with that. And yeah, it's very clear, um, that they use him, like yeah, a lot more than um, who is Damian Harris. They use him way more than Damian Harris, and I think that that's going to continue. They really do like Ramondre. So Phil has a good. Nucleus. I I have been saying for weeks. I do think Phil's team is really good. I just think he needs to get that quarterback situation figured out, and perhaps that's just playing Tua, um, and getting you know at least fifteen to sixteen points a week from your quarterback, and then he's going to be running out of Saquon, Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, T Higgins, Dalton Schultz, and Ramondre Stevenson team like every week. That is a very good team. Um, so I I give Phil props for his win. Um, yeah, and, and he might not have like the best bench, but I I think when it comes down to it, Phil is Phil's team is a playoff team, and I think that um he'll be there close to the end. Well, he's he's moving up the the standings with this win. He goes to four and three, puts him at third place, and with your loss, you go to three and four, just holding on to that last playoff spot at yeah, sixth place. I, just really quick to end this, like I need points. <laughs> I, I was touting for the first four weeks that I had 120, like, 120 man, 120 average, and the last two weeks have been under uh, 85. So hopefully we'll turn it around next week, uh, get some support back. Um, but yeah, it's it's starting to become a little scary over here for the LA Bash Bros. <laughs>